Welcome to Pipeline, Profiles in Philosophy and Education. I'm your host, Winston C. Thompson. Pipeline is a monthly short-form interview program focused on contemporary scholars. For more information and to subscribe to the podcast, please visit pipeline.fm. Pipeline is made possible by the generous support of the Education Department of the University of New Hampshire. In this episode, we are joined by Seagal ben Porath, University of Pennsylvania. Seagal ben Porath, welcome. Thank you so very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. So I'm curious, how did you come to philosophical work on questions of education? I think I was um, interested in philosophy as a field or as a discipline uh, since I started my college studies. So I wasn't really exposed to thinking about it, about philosophy before you know I started university. Um, but I was doing a lot of education work. So I was. Um, tutoring and then working in uh, a school for cognitively disabled students since I was in the eighth grade. That was like my afternoon job. Um, And uh, then, you know, I went to a large, comprehensive, um, non-selective high school. You know, I only did the required work, so I had no um, no exposure to electives like philosophy or other things. Um, after high school and my military service, um, I was working as a teacher for a number of years. And my interest in education, questions of justice and representation in education really came from working in the field, right? And so when I started taking courses in philosophy, which like a lot of people, I just bumped into, you know, I was trying out different things, organic chemistry, you know, cognitive psychology, whatever it might be, right? And so I took a course in philosophy of uh, science. And I started just being drawn to the field and asking myself questions about how any of the philosophical concepts that I was starting to grapple with apply to the issues in the field of education that I was just contemplating about through my work. So it was really a theory and practice kind of merger that brought me into philosophy of education, which I thought at first I was the first to come up, you know, like I, I really didn't. You thought you had discovered it, yeah. I thought, I wonder if anybody else, you know, is worried about these questions. I hope somebody is, because I know I can solve them myself, right? So then I was just excited to find some courses, uh, you know, taught by people who grappled with similar questions, and that's where I just took off. Oh, wow. So I I, I could imagine that that must have felt like a uh, homecoming of sorts, right? I mean, uh, uh, finding out that there are other people who are grappling with, wrestling with, struggling to uh, consider uh, issues that are so uh, uh, near and dear to the uh, questions that are animating uh, your own inquiries. Yeah, there are other people and then there are existing frameworks for actually trying to analyze, maybe come up with solutions to Mm -hmm. some of the questions there, you know, so it was just Mm -hmm. really exciting for me the first few years when I was an undergrad, 
being exposed to some of the work, you know, from Paulo Freire on out, sure. right? Anybody sure. who ever gave more than a second thought to, to these issues that I was just, you know, thinking about for a long time, just between me and myself, you know, so. Okay, okay. So, so I wonder if it'd be fair to say that that practical experience that you had in the classroom uh, really did inform uh, your connection to some of the philosophical work that was to come later on. Right, and for me, still, I mean, yes. this practice work, which I is by now long in the past, mm-hmm. informed and continue, continues to inform a lot of the questions that I'm still struggling with and trying to mm-hmm. think about in education. Yeah. Well, good, good. Uh, I wonder if you might say something about how uh, your recent work connects to these earlier questions that you had, or perhaps how your questions have evolved over time. Right. So I generally tend to continue to be worried about questions of policy and practice in education and how we can best think normatively or, you know, think ideally about how issues of policy and issues of practice should be addressed, right? So for me, the realities of education, both, you know, in the classroom or the school building and at the policy level, both of these I see as realities of different sorts, right, should be a starting point for philosophers and theorists who are concerned about matters of education. I know it's not the only way to do philosophy of education. This is the way that I find to be most productive for me. I'm trying to basically do two things. One is look at what seem to me to be salient issues of policy in contemporary education landscapes. And, you know, since I started doing this work, a long time has passed. You know, I moved to a different continent, you know, so there are other issues that are salient. Like, for example, right now, I'm thinking a lot about school choice, which is becoming a significant issue in, you know, the last decade. So it's not brand new, right? Uh, A significant issue for uh, American educators and and people who think about education in Israel, my home country. It's also becoming a significant issue, as well as in other countries, as I've learned from my students and from some of my colleagues, uh, both in the Western world, you know, the UK and also in Nepal, in Chile. So I've, you know, uh, supported or worked with people doing this um, uh, normative analysis of school choice policies in a variety of countries, right? And I just think that this issue is interesting, both because it reorganizes actual schools and students' lives and families' decisions, right? But it also reorganizes how we frame the goals of education, what we think about rights, you know, parents' rights, mm-hmm. student student rights in education, um, labor rights, right? So different types of rights in education, how we think about what quality education is, mm-hmm. right? How we define a good school. Sure. All of these get reorganized through the lens of school choice. So this is the type of thing you know, that I try to take from the realities, different levels of realities of education, and just use the lenses and tools that we have in philosophy and theory to think about that. And then my other thing that I think about a lot is uh, is civic equality. 
Yeah, and so uh, to your mind, how does civic equality relate to these questions of education? Right, so civic equality for me is a lens to uh, think about the diversity of human experiences and human identities um, and how it can be recognized, appreciated, um, represented within a democratic framework, right? So for me, civic equality is just like a term, a lens or a framework to thinking about ways to accommodate people of different identities. And I just want to say identities as most broadly construed, right? Uh, being able-bodied or having disabilities sure. coming from different religious, racial or ethnic background coming. So, so just all forms Very of broad, diversity, yeah. right? And how those can be responded to and productively organized within a democratic framework in a way that would maintain them as important dimensions of identity, but would still support a shared basis for a democratic society to function. I see. How can we hold this stick on both ends? Oh, I see, I see. That's really interesting. So to, to your understanding then, is education the sort of uh, uh, tool or glove that lets us uh, grasp hold of both ends of this, uh, the, the, this, this stick, this tension? Well, education, I just think, is a really interesting institution in this regard because it both um, teaches us how to do that, right, when we are younger, but it also embodies the way that we currently are doing that in the co- design mm-hmm. and um, practice of our schools, sure. yeah. right? Are our schools diverse? Mm-hmm. They are on some levels. Sure. Yeah, they are more diverse in terms of including people with disabilities, mm-hmm. definitely more diverse. They are far less diverse in terms of um, racial background, sure. right? We know that. So. What does that mean, right, in terms of the capacity of schools to um, promote ideals of civic equality? The schools are teaching us how to do that, but they are also embodying the flawed ways in which we do it right now. So that's why they are particularly interesting and important. I really don't think they are the one institution that can do it all on its own. I really don't think so. But I think they are important to be part of the conversation about civic equality. Okay, okay. Yeah, so they're part of a larger project, uh, part of a larger uh, set of questions. And I wonder if you can say something about what you see as the future for this project or related projects, really the future of philosophy of education as a field. Right. So for me personally, I just want to look at um, some of the more specific ways in which changes in education policy are affecting uh, the capacity of schools to promote civic equality. So school choice is one of the ways that really, you know, is one of the policies that really has an impact on this. Charter schools are very interesting in these regards. Disciplinary practices and the ways that they undermine the capacity of some students and not others to pursue or to develop their civic capacities and their sense of political efficacy, Mm. right? So uh, things like uh, no excuses policies, right? Zero tolerance policies. I find them to be undermining the opportunity of some students and particularly students of minority background Mm. to promote their own sense of 
membership in society and their own capacity to develop um, their uh, their uh, civic standing in society, their civic skills, etc. So th for me, this is an important direction of my own work, thinking about civic equality on the ground, sure. what it should look like, what it currently, you know, is looking like uh, through some of these lenses. For the field as a whole, I, you know, I'm an optimist, right? So I have a sense that philosophers of education and people who do theory in education are learning more and more to find ways to be of service to the education field, right? So I think it's on us as philosophers to provide the perspective for other people in the field who are not philosophers, right? To provide them with um, an accessible way to understand why the work we do is important and what service it can do, it can provide for people doing research in education and for people who are interested in policy and practice. I see. Right. So, and I think there is more and more of that in the way that we prepare our students because, you know, realistically speaking, there aren't that many jobs for philosophers in education and this is how the field of education is going. So we, I think, are learning, we being generally people who do philosophy in the field, are learning to prepare students that can use philosophy in a variety of ways and can maybe combine philosophical and other methods of investigation, uh, okay, good. right? To do foundational work that would be relevant to other people in the field. And this for me is an important use, you know, philosophy has like historically either seen itself as the queen of all sciences, right? Or as the servant uh, to the sciences. I don't necessarily buy this distinction as is, right? But I think if we find ways to be of service to this field of practice, which is education and this field of research on education, then we can regain more of an, you know, not, not a royal space necessarily, <laughs> right? Sure. But more of a standing within the field, mm. which would be productive for us. It would connect us to these questions that we care about mm. um, and would allow us to just pursue them in more effective ways. Well, it sounds as though our work is cut out for us. Sigal Benparath, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Winston. For more information and to review previous episodes, please visit www.pipeline.fm. A very special thanks to Moby for use of his song, Summer, as our theme.